0: Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy Golden.
1: We have been going through the wonderful Gospel of John, and, and we're still in Chapter th- 3. We're hoping maybe to finish Chapter 3 this week. But, Tim, all through now, we've we've talked for the last two weeks in the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, mm-hmm. and how Jesus was sharing with Nicodemus that, uh, you must be born again. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and then Jesus goes to Nicodemus and says, how is it that you don't understand these spiritual things mm-hmm. well certainly I think the conclusion to all of that is that Nicodemus was relying solely upon religion mm-hmm. or uh, those elements that that, in a lot of cases are man made stuff and mm-hmm. not really uh, relying upon a relationship with Jesus Christ and Jesus wants to help Nicodemus to see that, wait a minute, you have to go beyond the religious acts and come to recognize who I am as God mm-hmm. and have a relationship with me right. as God. And therefore, we have that. And then, of course, we have the the famous, I, I call him famous only because everybody and his brother knows this verse, John three sixteen and 17 and so forth, where it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So... You know, we talked about that a little bit last week, and and what that all means, and and the implications of what God, what God did. He did not spare any expense mm-hmm. in buying back you and me. Right. You know, uh, he did not he did not squander it all. I mean he just he just gave his all and he gave his mm-hmm. best, and that is his son Jesus Christ. Yep. And you know, I have a, have a young gal in our church who has been going through some things, and and she said to me, Pastor, she says, "Wait a minute, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what God went through for me." Mm-hmm. And if this is all I've got to go through, so be it. But my God went through everything for me, mm-hmm. and that's that's now that's just here in chapter three where God gave his only begotten son, not even putting into context what happens in the latter chapters when Jesus literally is, is tortured and dies, and, and mm-hmm. then there's that three hours of darkness where they're separated from each other. Yep. I mean, that's not even thought of yet in this portion of Scripture, mm-hmm. but God gave everything he had. That's it. You know, and and to me, that is just a phenomenal thought Mm -hmm. that God would not spare any expense for Harold
0: Noyce. Uh, Because when he gave, he knew the end. I mean, even though he said, we we haven't seen the crucifixion, we haven't seen the beatings, and we haven't seen all that happen yet, or the resurrection, but God gave his son knowing that that was going to be the outcome. That's, in fact, the outcome he needed to have happen. Right. And so when he said, I love you to this point it was fully with the crucifixion it's not like the crucifixion kind of happened in spite of sending a yeah. son it happened for that very reason
1: so all that jesus christ went through of course did not take the father by surprise mm-hmm. i mean he knows what was going to happen the beginning and the ending so and and therefore the father uh understood he knew perfectly well what those 33 years were going to be like for the Lord Jesus, and mm-hmm. especially the last um, few weeks of his life, mm-hmm. the torture and, and all that, that he went through. Now, in in regards to that, now Jesus is going to change his focus mm-hmm. from Nicodemus now to John the Baptist and to his disciples. Mm-hmm. And I find this portion of Scripture very, very interesting because John's disciples were having a hard time wrapping around their head that wait a minute, Jesus now is he he's he's getting a bigger crowd than you are. Mhm. And, and Jesus has even stowed some of our congregation, if you would say that. You know, wait a minute, John, aren't you jealous about this? I mean, that, is this gonna cause you some sort of consternation because of what Jesus is doing? Mm-hmm. And John has to be pretty point blank with him and says, no, that that doesn't
0: bother me in the mm-hmm. least. In fact, this needs to happen yeah. is what he ends up stating. Yeah,
1: it, it has to happen. and and. You know, I, I don't know if at this point in time John has a, has a, the thought of God had placed on his heart that, that he's about to leave the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, he's about to be beheaded, he's about to be killed, and to go through all of that for mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus.
0: Well, he knew, because he made it clear um, prior to this that he came as one, because when he was questioned by the Pharisees, he said, I come as one saying, you know, that I'm preparing the way for the Lord. He knew his vision was to be the kind of the foundation layer. Yeah. But that that was the extent of his ministry. Another would come and build on that. And that, of course, being the Lord himself. And so the fact that when he made that proclamation, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, what he said that very day is, know that one that I've been preparing the way for? There he, is. there he is Yep. This, this is what my life has been about to this point. This is what my ministry has been, and that 's and to understand that he never got his focus off it was ne- his focus was never on his ministry, his focus was on what the purpose of his ministry was, and that was the glory of the Lord you know so <coughs>
1: when we asked that question and we read verse thirty that he must increase, but I must decrease, so mm-hmm. John is is preparing himself Mm -hmm. i believe he's preparing his disciples for what was now to take place Mm -hmm. and john is trying to let them know wait a minute i am not the focus Mm -hmm. as much as you guys love me and as much as you guys you know think that i already get this i'm not the focus I came to put the focus on someone else, and that is the lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and you know so I really think that that 's a picture that the church needs to once again uh, be cognizant of mm-hmm. is that wait a minute it 's not about us mm-hmm. you know it 's not about our church it's it 's yeah. not about us mm-hmm. it 's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone mm-hmm. you know i 've had pastors say to me you know don't you get jealous when you get this church that's doing better than your church or having more people than no i don't Mm -hmm. if they're preaching the gospel of jesus christ and they're winning people to jesus christ that's all that matters That's right you know it doesn't matter that i don't have a a humongous big church it doesn't matter no that 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 doesn't matter what matters is that jesus christ is exalted and he Mm -hmm. is the one lifted high and to me, that that's the attitude that John was taking, mm-hmm. and his disciples were having a hard time really coming to
0: grips with that, I think. Yeah, yeah. not to get ahead of ourselves. I know we haven't <laughs> or read the verse yet, but um, and I'm sure that when he called his disciples, this was John's focus. It was obviously, it was his focus at the end. Be sure it was his focus at the beginning. Sure. And I'm sure that when he calls disciples, when they first came alongside him, he made that very clear, that my purpose is simply to prepare the way, you know, and so my ministry is really for another, it's not to raise myself up. And they were had to have been okay with it because they chose to follow him. But somewhere along the line, they just lost sight. and And we see that so many times happen in the church. You know we maybe start and and maybe not even in church maybe it's some parachurch ministry that that we're involved in where our focus starts on the right premise but somewhere along the line we begin to take ownership of it like the ministry is about me or the ministry is about what i'm achieving it's like no you're and and this is what he's bringing them back to you've got to remember that what was first our focus is still our focus you've just simply lost focus let me put let me get your eyes corrected again this is about him. It's never been about us. You know, that's what I like uh,
1: when I read through Scripture. You know, I, I know thoroughly well that God says that we are in a partnership, but I'm a silent partner. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the focus. I like he is the main thing. I may be in partnership, but I'm the silent partner, mm-hmm. and that's the way it ought to be. All right, we need to open in prayer, and then I'm going to have Tim read to us verses 22 to 36, and then we'll have our discussion about that. So, Father God, we thank you so much. Once again, for this wonderful book of john father god the the teaching that that John does through the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us and help us. so Father God, help us to understand that Jesus Christ must increase in our life, and as he increases, we must decrease. Mm-hmm. So Father God, open our eyes, open the eyes of the listeners and people who are watching open tims in my heart and my, our eyes that we proclaim the Word of God purely.
0: So Father, we thank you so much in the name of Christ, amen. Amen. So starting at verse 22, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Anon near Selim because There was was plenty of water, and people were constantly coming to be baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, well, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this John replied, A man can receive only what is given him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth the one who comes from heaven is above all he testifies to what he has seen and heard but no one accepts his testimony the man who has accepted it has certified that god is truthful for the one whom god has sent speaks the words of god for god gives the spirit without limit the father loves the son and has placed everything in his hands Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. Well, what a, I don't
1: know, powerful portion of Scripture. And once again, we say that every week, every time we get into the Word of God, uh-huh. it's powerful, because all the Word of God is. But to, to now to, to switch gears, if you will, from mm-hmm. Jesus talking to a religious leader, Nicodemus, Tell jesus disciples and john's disciples you know they're they're looking at things and saying wait a minute you know what's happening how come mm-hmm. john's ministry seemed to be fading and jesus ministry seemed to be expanding mm-hmm. well that's exactly what john knew was going to have to happen yeah you know so i mean there's, there's absolutely no discrepancy at all in, all in in any of this so in verse 22, whenever you read the words after these things, wh- all that simply means is what? You go back to the beginning of the chapter where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and saying, okay, when he got done talking to Nicodemus, mm-hmm. he left, and he continued his journey into uh, Judea, you know, into the land of Judea, mm-hmm. and there were certain things he had to take care of. But, but the thing is, is, okay, from here, now he's gone here, and this is what he's doing. You mm-hmm. know? So that's what he means by after these things. And and, and, you, know, and you have the same thing in Paul's writings, you know, when you have the therefores. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you do? You go back to the Scripture before and see what it's there for. Right? Right. So you do that, and, and that's exactly what, what John is doing here for us. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus did. However, that has now been completed. Now he's going further on into his ministry. Mm -hmm. So after these things came Jesus and his disciples unto the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. Now, the indication certainly for us is this, is that Jesus himself uh, did very little baptism, if any. Um, Verse two of chapter four says, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Mm -hmm. So is there a problem with a saying that Jesus was there his, with his disciples into the land of Judah, and there he waited for them or watched them and baptized. Mm-hmm. No, I think what it is, he watched them baptize. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jesus was was there. He gave the instructions, and and people trusted in him. And then his disciples took them out into mm-hmm. the water, and he they baptized them. Yep. Does not necessarily mean that Jesus did the baptizing, right. so there is no discrepancy mm-hmm.
0: between this verse and verse two of chapter four exactly, and you think about who some who were some of these disciples? They were disciples who were with John, yep that John now had sent ahead right right and, and so this is what they learned, this is what they knew, and Jesus validated that within them and because it was a work of righteousness that's why jesus himself was baptized right to fulfill all works of righteousness he said and so he he didn't he was never about saying that what john did was wrong nor that it was obsolete but that now this is a good thing but this is not what i'm coming to do myself personally i i will give credence for that and and i will even have my disciples do this because it is good and it is right to do but the reason i am here is for something even greater they will now baptize, not just a baptism of repentance, but they're baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus. In fact, we see this even after the resurrection, as you read through the book of Acts. They continued to go about baptizing, okay. but they baptized in the name of Jesus, it will say. It's not just, they baptized with water. And so it's seeing that this is still continuing on, but Jesus saw his role as different, and it was. And even John identified that, because he told the Pharisees, well, I baptize with water, but he who comes after me will baptize you with fire. and baptize you with the holy spirit so
1: you know one of the things that i see here and and i don't want to get into a great controversy on this is that certainly it is implied in these verses that these are adults Mm -hmm. are those who are able to make a decision Mm -hmm. were baptized yeah you know um certainly we have Groups and denominations that baptize infants and so forth, but I just don't see that in Scripture. This is someone who had made a conscious effort mm-hmm. to hear Christ out and believe
0: who mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is. Well, you look at John's message. What was it? He said, Repent and be baptized. Right. right. So the real act first, it wasn't about a baptism, it wasn't about a ceremonial rite. He said this He said, First, repent. Well, how do you repent unless you've reached some level of age of accountability where you understand right is wrong, wrong is right. Yep. And um, yep. and again, we're not told they're, they're just adults. They could have been just adults, but they were definitely at that age of accountability right. where, where exactly. they could understand right. um, what it was they were doing. But the point was, your main role is you you repent. Oh, and as a sign of that, repentance, be baptized. Right. right? And, and so this is why jesus said it's you know i need to fulfill this act of righteousness it's not that he needed to repent but as a sign of his surrender to the will of the father because that's what repentance ultimately is is it not but that's why jesus came in obedience to the will of the father he didn't have to repent but he was doing what repentance was meant to bring about so that's why he went ahead and was baptized to reveal to everybody that i am about the will of my father so
1: baptism then if i understand it correctly Baptism, then, is a statement that a person is making publicly mm-hmm. about what God has now done inwardly mm-hmm. in my heart. Um, and why was it important for these people to be baptized? Remember, who were they following before Jesus came? Mm. They were following the Pharisaical law, they were following all the religious rites mm-hmm. and all these other things. And now, what they were doing is they were saying, wait a minute the Messiah has come. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna follow him Mm -hmm. and do what he says. I mean, when I was baptized, I was making a public profession of of the work in which God has already done in my heart. Mm -hmm. But I wanted the world to know it. I wanted people to know, hey, wait a minute, I'm not gonna hide in some closet someplace, you know, Mm -hmm. um, secret service Christian. I'm not gonna be that. Right. And that's what the act of baptism is, as I see it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that we're making a public profession of what God has done in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's how I explain it in our, in our church body, for yep. example.
0: And, and it's, it's not that it saves you. It, we're right. not saying that, but but, there, it, but it is an act of righteousness. And there's something powerful that takes place. and I, Not just for me. Every People I've talked to that have the privilege of baptizing have said this very same thing, that some, when I came up something was different, Yeah. Yep. you know, and it's not that I wasn't saved before, you know, I was, but there's something fresh about God's move in my life. Yeah. And and I remember the same thing, I, mean, I accepted Christ when I was like five and a half years old, you know, so to the best that a five and a half year old can understand salvation, right. I understood enough to know that I was a sinner, and I needed to be saved from that if I wanted to have a relationship with God, and God did that. The church I was a part of, though, wouldn't let me be baptized until I was 12, Yep. you know, because that was seen as that year of, accountability, of accountability, you yep. know. And so I wanted to be, man, I, I was getting the aching when I was 10 to, that I, I needed to do this. But they're like, no, we need to wait. And, and so, but when I came to be 12 years old, man, there we were in uh, Beaver Falls, New York, down at the edge of Beaver Lake. Yep. And I got to go and know it, and I can remember that day like it was yesterday, and I remember going in, and I remember, again, making that, again, publicly, that profession of faith for all to hear. Not that people didn't already see it in my life, but I needed to to yeah. make it very clear. This is what I'm about, and I want to die to myself and be risen with him. You know, much as that symbolism of the going yeah. under and coming back up, which is why I'm all about immersion and not the sprinkle. Exactly. Not that there's not times that you, maybe you have to do a sprinkle if people are physically incapable of doing it, but if at all possible, be immersed because it really carries the full picture. And I remember as I was coming up, something felt different, something changed. It wasn't just a feeling, something truly changed in me. And I don't know if it was just kind of like what Jesus experienced, of God just looking down and saying, this is my beloved, you know, and uh, though it wasn't an audible thing. Right, right. right, But there's just that sense of how pleased God was in that
1: moment yeah and I think that that is to me that is a big part of it is Mm -hmm. is you I'm doing this and God is pleased
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know he's pleased with this this step of faith I Mm -hmm. am taking this act of taking this step and no longer being ashamed Mm -hmm. or not being ashamed of letting the world know I am a follower of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. it's very interesting Tim in verse 23 where it does say that John was baptizing, why? Because there was much water there, and and to me that certainly lends to us the the baptizo where John uh, where John was baptizing. They were going down in, being covered with water, and coming back up, mm-hmm. stating the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there have been times in my ministry, very few, but there have been times in my ministry where I have had to baptize with sprinkling or placing water on the forehead um, one because a person was not able to walk into mm-hmm. and we told them we would carry them in but they really didn't want to do that so i did during a baptism time went up and baptized them that way mm-hmm. there's times i've done that but it wasn't because of of uh, you know our ritual or anything but that's just simply what they felt comfortable with, and, and, and I did it knowing their professional faith. And they did it during a a um, water baptism time, so they were there rejoicing mm-hmm. with them, but they just could not do it. My mother-in-law was the same way. She was deathly afraid of water.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So she had been baptized by sprinkling. However, I did have the privilege at the age of 85, I believe it was, that I baptized my mother-in-law in immersion mm-hmm. and she just I and mean, when she came up out of it, she said i don't know why i didn't do this earlier you know because she was just so excited about what mm-hmm. she had finally conquered that fear if you will but what we certainly believe in baptism by immersion baptism being buried in the water and coming up mm-hmm. out of the water as in the resurrection of the lord jesus christ the new birth the new life the new mm-hmm. power that god has given to us so we certainly believe in that and that is uh, I think what John is, is saying to us in verse 23, they went down into this because there was much water. Mm-hmm. I'd been baptized in the Jordan, mm-hmm. you know, when I went to Israel and and they were doing baptisms. And even though I had been baptized already, mm-hmm. I just felt the urging to want to go down and walk into that, that same water setting that Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And, and to be baptized there.
0: Yeah. And, and this isn't just our thoughts on this either. I mean, the, you go back to the original language and the word baptize is very similar to the word baptizo. Right. And that word means to, to dunk immersed. or to immerse, right. you know, completely. And so that, that's where we're getting this from. It's, it's the actual biblical definition yeah. of the yeah, word. Yeah,
1: Being buried or being immersed, um, covered over, if you will, mm-hmm. with that water. Now. I like this because John is, John is understanding. His disciples, I don't think, have gotten a clear picture yet, mm. but John is understanding that his ministry now is starting to fade. Mm-hmm. What was his ministry? His ministry was to prepare the way mm-hmm. for the Messiah who is here. Mm-hmm. Jesus introduced them to the Messiah, behold the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. pointing to Jesus, introducing them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But now John is coming to the point where he's saying, okay, my ministry is fading. Pretty soon there's not gonna be, this ministry is not going to be needed anymore. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jesus is now on the scene. And Jesus is now doing his teaching. Jesus, people are now going from me to mm-hmm. Jesus, which is exactly the way that it should be, mm-hmm. right? Um, so therefore he, he understands that, his mm-hmm. disciples, They have a harder time with it yeah you know we become attached to a person we become attached to somebody and we we put a lot of credence in who they are and Mm -hmm. and you know when their ministry is starting to fade we we kind of feel sorry for that Mm -hmm. you know i mean i had the same thing with my pastor you know i mean he had he had a wonderful ministry when i was growing up as Mm -hmm. a teenager and very vibrant and alive and full of life you know and then he came to work with me as a pastor, and you can see his ministry now has faded some. What he was able to do had faded, what he was and, and so forth. But that did not
0: make him any mm-hmm. less of a man. Well, and that's it. And it was not seen as a loss. Right. To to his disciples, it seemed like a loss. Oh look, here's this one coming, and he's taking away from our yeah. ministry, where John saw it as the fulfillment right. of his ministry. And where on the one hand the disciples are getting depressed over this, John is actually getting excited because hold it, all this that I've been proclaiming, everything that I felt that God called me here to do, today it's being fulfilled. I, I've done, I've, you know, I, I think he almost had in the sense as he's communicating with his disciples here, much like we see with Paul in his last prison letter. When he ended up saying, You know what? I've run the race. I finished. I fought the good fight. Yeah. You know, I've kept the faith through all this. And and there was a sense of victory as he was crossing the finish line. And I think, and, and I'm hearing this from John, you know, this aspect of becoming less it's like, I have finished the race, but you know what? His is just beginning. Right. You know, and unless I finish mine, his can't begin.
1: Yeah, like it needs exactly. to
0: and, and so there's got to be this trade-off there's got to be this passing of the baton that needs to happen that's the point i was just going to make can you imagine
1: though i mean i just trying to play visualize in my mind the passing of the baton from john the baptist to the messiah mm. you know i so said wait a minute who am i passing the baton off to him you know but that's exactly what john did yeah you know uh it's now time for the fulfillment to come mm-hmm. and Jesus to be revealed and 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 followed and and John is saying hey I don't mind taking a back seat to that right you know I just don't mm-hmm. and therefore we see that we find in verse twenty four that John knew that he was ruffling some feathers mm. and that the religious set the Pharisees were not happy with him certainly the government was not all that happy with him so what's going to happen well certainly john knew that there was going to be be a time that he was going to be thrown in prison mm-hmm. he understood that yeah you know um just to give you a little hint and, and we're going to see that a little bit later but just to give you a little hint i mean john being the man that he was was not afraid to ruffle feathers right I mean, that was part of his ministry. Mm-hmm. And he was not afraid to stand up for what he believed in. And certainly he knew he was going to get in trouble because he had to go see Herod. And what did he have to do to, with Herod? Mm-hmm. He had to tell Herod he was a sinner. Yep. And he had to explain to Herod what he was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And that did not make Herod very happy. It certainly made Herod's new wife very unhappy. And you know he lost his head over the deal but you know so john knew john Mm -hmm. knew that that his time was coming to an end Mm -hmm. you know and that he was going to have to face these things Mm -hmm. and and therefore i think that's why the apostle john writes to us in verse 24 for john was not yet to me that is Mm -hmm. emphasis not yet meaning he will be soon cast into prison
0: Mm -hmm. you know Despite and, and what was happening at the moment, because yeah. I love this aspect that it said there that, you know, they were both, bap, you know, um, Jesus and his disciples were do- baptizing and John was baptized because it said people were constantly coming yeah to be baptized kind of almost sounds like the Asbury thing yeah yeah really you know there, there was a type of no revival it. happening it, it was just continual it was just going on and on there was no relief it's like he, he got up and he was baptizing he went to bed and he was baptizing right yeah. and so you've got this incredible picture of some pretty awesome things taking place but then on the heels of this like but yet let's be aware that there, will become, there is going to be some adversity that's going to come down right. the road right. where he will be put in prison. But like I said, he's, he didn't see that necessarily as a bad thing. You know, I, I can't help but think of that scripture verse, to whom much was
1: given, much is required. Mm-hmm. And certainly the, the ministry of John the Baptist, he was given awesome responsibility mm-hmm. to introduce to the world, to introduce to Galilee and Judea, this messiah Mm -hmm. so that certainly there was going to be something that was going to be very costly in his life Mm -hmm. and it ended up being his life Mm -hmm. but you know but i think that's the way that we need to see it is the more we are willing to stand up for jesus christ the more we understand there's going to be adversity there Mm -hmm. you know now the devil is not going to take it laying down Mm -hmm. um those who oppose you are not going to take it laying down it's going to cost you something
0: But even if it costs you your life, and I think John had a full picture of this, again, just like Paul had, and just as Jesus commands us, right? That it was an end to his earthly life, but he understood that was not the end of his life. Right. Right. You know, he understood that was just a threshold. Right. That he was going to step from one room into another room. Yeah. You know, and that other room was going to be now called eternity. Right. And where he would forever be with God. And so I think that that's what also allowed him to be able to look at this whole concept of, look, yeah, I'm going to become less in this earth. And yeah, you know what? It might not go well for me in the end. He yep. may have had that. God, Maybe God gave him that vision. I don't know. But, but again, regardless of whether it was or not, he saw it as just part of the process yep. of him being able to come to the fullness of everything God had for him.
1: You know, and I think that that's where we as believers today, we in Christendom today, really need to to put our focus is, you know, it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about Jesus Christ. It's not about who I am or what I do. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to cost me, so it's going to cost me. Right. You know, but in retrospect, what it is costing me is nothing compared to what it cost him. Mm-hmm. And as long as I can keep that in my mind mm-hmm. that wait a minute, the cost for me is nothing mm-hmm. compared to the cost that it cost God the yeah. Father and certainly eventually God the Son.
0: Yeah. But here's the interesting thing though too, is this concept of becoming less so that he might become more, you know. We need to always be dying to ourselves so that, you know, he becomes more and more uh revealed in right. and through our lives. But but here's the the other end of the whole story is we don't have to become less because the truth of the matter is if you come to christ you're already dead Yep. you know paul said this i am crucified with christ yet no longer i that live but christ lives in me and it's understanding that when you make a profession of faith when you choose to give your heart over to him you choose to let him be lord of your life you more or less are at that point as we symbolize through baptism we are dying to ourselves right we really are now nothing Right, everything that we do, everything that we live from this point on, is all about Him. By being baptized, by by make that profession of faith, we are saying, I choose to not only become less, I I choose to become nothing, right? So that He can become everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. I think Zach Williams has a song
1: um, that that basically the title of it and the lyrics to it is "Less of Me and More of Him," mm-hmm. and that's the way that we really need to be. Mm -hmm. is less of me more of him Mm -hmm. and let that so be and and to me that's it however we're seeing now in verse 25 that john's disciples were having a hard time grabbing that you know because you find in verse 25 and there arose a question between some of john's disciples and the jews are purifying you know and therefore you know what are they saying is wait a minute you know is this a holy water? Is this, you know, I mean, you're going down the Jordan, and you know, that's got mud and dirt. And how is that? How is that going to take take place of this purification that the Jews or even the Pharisees were mm-hmm. were implementing? And you know, so they had a question: How was this purification? How was this? What is this doing? They were looking at the outward, mm-hmm. and God was looking where at the inward, mm-hmm. and that is the key. You know, it's, yep. it's gotta be, God works from the inside out. Mm-hmm. We, as human beings, tend to work from the outside in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, instead of, instead of the way God does it in, in our life. Mm-hmm. He works from the inside out. Yep. And this is why I think there was, there was a question. There was a, some um, problems, you know, discussion and i suspect it probably became pretty heated Mm -hmm. you know as to what's all this all about how come john is baptized in this way how come jesus Mm -hmm. is what what is this all about that doesn't that doesn't meet up to our qualifications and
0: why are you doing it here in this thing called the jordan which wasn't necessarily known to be a clean river yeah right you know how how is this purifying anybody right right and once again you
1: know what is baptism baptism is the the outward expression of what God is doing on the inside. Mm-hmm. And therefore, yes, it is a purifying thing because God is pure, purifying me from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Pharisees and, and mankind in general, I mean, we tend to look on the outside. We we look at the temporal
2: mm-hmm.
1: where God is looking where? He's looking on the eternal. Mm-hmm. He's looking on the inward. So there was that that discussion that was... That controversy, if you will, there arose a question. To me, that gives us picture. There arose a question, so, so mm-hmm. probably the discussion got pretty heated. I that's just my mm-hmm. application to it, but I think that word arose mm-hmm. goes beyond just simply s- simply asking a question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Verse twenty six, and they came unto John and said unto him, uh, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou Bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes and all men come to him. Why are they leaving us and going to him? How come our congregation, per se, is getting less and less and his congregation is getting bigger and swelling by the day? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, I tell you why it is because he is the one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm
0: just a yep. forerunner. And again, what were they measuring ministry by? Numbers. Yep. You know, and, and, you think about okay, it, it reveals a little bit of where their heart was. Right? Yep, good old Heartline Ministry. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and uh, and their the fact that this was kind of troubling them tells me this that pride had creeped in. Yep, that there's an aspect of hold it, he's messing with our thing. Well, oh, this was, and John says, "No, this is not our thing. Right? This right. is this is God's thing, right. and God will do it how He chooses." And but you know what? People were starting to come, and all of a sudden, they they had a level of importance. They had a little bit of prestige going on for them. They could kind of puff their chest out a little bit, and now it seems like it's all starting to go the other way, and starting to humble them a little bit. They don't like that feeling, I think. Right? You know, and 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 I just
1: love this because it seems like it, it, it's. It's still a problem that we have today. Mm -hmm. I think in some areas where human nature, where yeah, we as human beings look at it and say, "How come? Mm -hmm. Yeah, how come his church is blessed more than my church, or how come this is happening more than mine, or or whatever the case Mm -hmm. is? How come? How come a revival hit Ashbury University, but it hasn't come to uh, Athens, Vermont yet? Why, Mm. God? Yeah. And once again, that's that's not a question I can ask or answer. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I shouldn't even be asking that question only because, Lord, you you will do what you will do where you will do it. Mm-hmm. And and that's good with me. And yep. it seems to me that that was good with John, but it wasn't so good with John's disciples. Right. They were having a problem with that. So now we go down, and, and I, I love the, the answer John gives, though, in verse 27. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What an answer. Yeah. You know, I mean, all that you and I have, you know, in, the, in, in our worldly goods or whatever the case may be, who gave it to me anyway? hmm You know, in the essence of the whole thing, God gave it to me. hmm You know, whether, he, whether it's the abilities or whatever it is, God, excuse me, God gave it to me. It is his blessing, it is his hand upon it that says here, I'll give mm-hmm. this to you. And and you know whether it's John's ministry he's talking about in verse twenty seven because we know that John the Baptist had nothing else, mm-hmm. so it has to do with okay this this um, uh, having a bunch of people follow after me which probably went against John's personality anyway, mm-hmm. but having a bunch of people follow after me and and think that I'm a big shot and now all of a sudden I'm losing that wait mm-hmm. a minute who put me in this
0: position. Mm-hmm.
1: In the first place. Yeah.
0: John really had the heart of, I think it was the psalmist that said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Yeah. And they, then it ends with this, blessed be the Bless. name of the Lord. So it's like, no matter, you know, whether you choose to give or whether you choose to take, yep. you know, his name will be blessed. You know, And his name will be glorified. In. And it's not for me to be so concerned about when he chooses to give and when he chooses to take. Because frankly, anything I've got, I don't deserve anyway. Right,
1: exactly. It's
0: only by His grace I've been stewarded this for a season. Mm-hmm. It was never mine. I just stewarded it. Yeah, for and, the, and I think
1: it's just kind of define that word stewarded. You know, that, that He's given, you know, He's made you and me stewards, you know, of the household of faith, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: the definition for that, what does that mean? Well, I guess the greatest picture we would have that of what it would mean to be. A servant in a household, yeah, right. The, all the goods are owned by that the the owner of the home, but he gives right and he gives access to all those things to that head servant. And so that servant's job is he has access to all those things as though they were his, but they are not his. Right. And so what he does is he but he treats them as though they are, but understanding. That at a moment's notice it can be called upon by the master of the house, and and it's okay because it's his stuff. I just need to treat it. He, he's got me in this role because the expectation is that I will manage. His household well, yeah. So and, I, and so that's what we're kind of given is we're by God, who is a good God, who uh, Scripture tells us all good and perfect gifts come from Him right. to us. So this is not a master that it's going to lord over you in in some mean way, but it's under. But we come with that same attitude that this God who gives me all things that are good and that are right, anything that He gives is still His. I treat it like it's mine but with an understanding that it's fully his and he can call on at any moment. So I am simply, we are simply
1: caretakers yes. of that which our master owns, mm-hmm. but he's given us the authority or he's given us the, the mm-hmm. position or the, I hate using the word job, but to caretake or to watch over it for him. Mm-hmm. The responsibility. The responsibility yeah. to, you know, and, and that's what being an under-shepherd, mm-hmm.
0: you know, I'm an under-shepherd to the shepherd. Right. You know, um, it's not my church. Mm-hmm. And he will take care of all your needs according to his riches that are in yeah. Christ Jesus scripture says. So it's never feeling like I'm, ever, I'm I will never, ever be without. Right, right. You know, but, yeah. but understand that all those things I've been given and that's why, you know, and again, not to boast self up, but just using more or less as an illustration that's why there's been times in the course of my, our ministry where, you know what, we had two cars and there was a point in time where all of a sudden this person over here didn't have one, God said, I want you to let them use, their, use that car as long as they need it yep. and you know what, walked over to them, handed them the keys and the look was like, what, it's like, it's not mine it's the Lord's. He only allows me to steward it for now. Yep. That's why our home on many occasions has been a place where others have stayed from time to time, right. as the Lord reveals to us. So don't come knocking on my door. think we're just going to give you a place to stay, you know, But because we minister by revelation from God, not, not necessarily by need. And But there's been more, probably 60% of our time that my wife and I have been married. We've had somebody living with us, it seems. Mm. But Why? because that's not our house. Right. We are called to steward it. And if God says, I want so-and-so to, to reside with you for a while, well, okay, God, we'll do that, you know? And, and that's how we've got to live our lives. And that's how it gets lived out in the real workaday world. And I think that's what the book of Acts showed us in right. Acts chapter two, when it says, they, they sold their possessions to gave to each other as they had yep. need. They ministered with this attitude of stewardship, yep. that this is mine, God's entrusted it to me, but I do not own it. Yeah, I, li- I like the picture of the community or
1: communing. Mm-hmm. You know where we get our word communion. Yeah, being in fellowship of saying, "Look, I'm going to give you this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share it with you. You share it with others. Right. And and that's what God has done done with us. And we find that also, as John now reveals in verse 28, you yourself. Bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent before Him. Look, I have been teaching you this. Mm-hmm. I have been showing you what is going to happen, mm-hmm. but you didn't see it. Right, much like Jesus when He was talking with His disciples, you know, with Peter and John and all the others, talking to them about, "I must die to be resurrected," mm-hmm. but they just couldn't grab a hold of it all. And John is saying to them. You haven't grabbed a hold of all that I've been teaching you. Mm -hmm. I've been teaching you, look, this is who I am, but I'm presenting to you the Messiah. Now here's the Messiah. Guess what? I'm going to fade away into the woodwork because Mm -hmm. it is not me.
0: Well, the picture kind of ventures my mind right now as you think about, again, using the concept of a servant. You know, if the master of the house is getting ready to put on and wants to put on a banquet, what happens? The servant takes full ownership of that. That yep. house, that, that, that dining room, that kitchen, he is in it. He is working it. He is making sure everything is set in place. He is very actively involved in it. But once the master walks in and the party begins, where does the servant go? He fades into the woodwork. Yep. And you almost don't even see him. He'll send out his waiters or his waitresses or you know sir, other servants you know, to wait on people. But that master servant will basically be in the background. Just kind of overseeing some things, but not to bring any glory to himself because this is the master's moment. And that's what we see with John. He has spent all this time preparing the room, preparing the tables, and now the master's walked in. Now it's time for me to back out.
1: You know, I love the illustration John uses in verse 29, because he's using the illustration of a wedding, Mm. and he says, wait a minute, I may be the best man, Mm -hmm. but I'm not the groom. Right. You know, I may have prepared and get these things ready. Mm-hmm. Just like the maid of honor does a lot of extra work. So the bride does not have to do that work mm-hmm. because she got so much other things on her mind. You know, so the, the maid of honor, I mean, she, she does, but then she fades in the background as the bride is walking down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Now the maid of honor goes first, but guess what? people aren't looking for the maid of honor anymore. People now want to see the bride. Yep. And that's what John is saying here in verse 29. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Why? I am here because I want to see what Jesus is going to do. Mm-hmm and i've had a part in that ministry mm-hmm. but it's all about him that's right it's all about him then we go to verse 30 he must increase and i must decrease mm-hmm. i like this he must be seen at a greater capacity and i must fade in the woodwork mm-hmm. you know and that's basically the way it is yep i mean that's that's how it is and that's that's what's going on mm-hmm. so we so we see that in there so therefore for for us as believers you know the more I decrease in seeing the importance of Harold Noyce and the importance of Jesus Christ, yep. you know, so that he is glorified, he is exalted, he is lifted up, and Harold Noyce becomes less and less mm-hmm. and less. You know and, as I, you know, and as I'm in the twilight of my, my ministry, so to speak, you know, now to prepare for the next guy who's going to be taking my place, what do mm-hmm. I have to do? I had to give him more responsibility. Why? So that I can step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what John is talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us may not do it as gracefully as John is doing it, but but you know that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what we have to that's do. Right. And Colin just told us that time is running off. So he that cometh from above is is, is uh, from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly. All John is saying is, look, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I am simply a man yep. made of dust
2: mm-hmm.
1: he 's not right he is god 's son, and mm-hmm. he came from heaven
0: right yeah don 't put him on the same plane no. as you 're putting me. we certainly are I not I so. on the same level,
1: and that is exactly what John is saying you know and and what he has seen and heard, and he testifies that no man receiveth his testimony. He that has received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true set to a seal stamped it in and mm-hmm. uh, this is what I know is truth and this is what it is and, and the seal cannot be broken by the way
2: mm-hmm.
1: cannot be broken then he goes down and he talks about and, and I'm just going to skip right down to verse 36 he that believeth on the son hath everlasting life what a wonderful promise that is mm-hmm. what do you got to do for salvation mm-hmm. believe on the son that's right that's it you, know, you cannot do enough works to make it so that you are a viable son of God. Mm-hmm. No. All you can do is submit to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, you are the son of God. You are God, and I trust you for all that you've done
0: for yeah. me. And what you see in that verse 35 and 36 you know, starts off, the father loves the son, then going into 36, I believe the son of has eternal life. You go back to where we ended last time in the last episode. And if you weren't here, look back. You you can find that video. Um, He is using Jesus' words that he spoke to Nicodemus at this moment. The very things. Now, did he have knowledge of this conversation? Not sure he did. You know, I'm not sure that Jesus came back to him and said, hey, let me tell you all about what I just communicated with Nicodemus about. But we're seeing the same exact words coming out of his mouth that came out of Jesus' mouth. So now you really see this peace being lived out about what it really means to become less and for Christ to become more. He now is not proclaiming his own message anymore. He's now coming underneath what it is that Jesus is proclaiming and is now reinforcing Jesus ministry. Yeah, and so, lifting him up yes. this way. You know, so from underneath he's lifting
1: him up. You know, and and we I think we would really be doing a disservice if we do not finish verse 36 you know there's only one of two places that people will go in eternity Mm -hmm. if you trust jesus christ as your personal savior say jesus i'm a sinner come into my life save me i believe you for who you are he promised that he would do that and you would have eternal life if you reject that message and say, no, I don't believe that, then you will suffer God's wrath. That's what verse 36 says. Mm -hmm. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God which abides Mm -hmm. in him. And we have Heartline Ministry here because we wanna see you Mm -hmm. know what it is to have eternal life, Mm -hmm. and not know what it is to face Mm -hmm. death and eternity without jesus christ yeah. and trust john, jesus christ and
0: john proclaimed this christ proclaimed it paul proclaimed it we've right. seen it proclaimed throughout the ages and sorry it's not a lot of different paths that option has not been left to us right no. he said i am the way yep. i am the truth and only way to get to the father is through me jesus left no other options you know yeah. we're like john the baptist we are the
1: messenger for the one who has the message. Mm-hmm. And that's Jesus Christ. That's right. You know, so I hope this has been helpful to you. Next week, we will get into v- chapter four of John's beautiful gospel. I'm Pastor Harold Noyce, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We're located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. We have morning worship at 9.30 every Sunday morning. We have evening worship at 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. We have Tuesday night Bible studies, whether it be home studies, small group studies. We also have prayer meeting on Wednesday night and so forth. So, give us a call. You got our number there on the screen,
0: and uh, we'd love to meet up with you. Or if you're in the Charlestown, New Hampshire area, come visit us at Life on Main every Sunday. We have a coffee hour at 10 o'clock with our service at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning at the Charlestown Senior Center at 223 Old Springfield Road right there in Charlestown. Love to have you come worship with us. We also have prayer meetings that meet during the week and some small groups that meet during the week. Give us a call. We'll be happy to hook you up with one of those. We also have on Friday nights, right from now still through, Good Friday, we'll be showing The Chosen. Also at the Charlestown Senior Center, every Every Friday night at 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6. It's totally free of charge to attend, so hope to be able to see you there. I want to thank everybody down here at FACT-TV for making this program possible, especially Colin, who's here diligently working with us every week, as well as Alex and some of the others that work here. let people know about this program. We're shown on a lot of community stations throughout the uh, Connecticut River Valley on the eastern side of uh, Vermont and the western side of New Hampshire. Uh, you can also find us on social media, whether it's on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Facebook com slash heartline ministries or on youtube also on rumble and on truth social or if you prefer you can also find us on your favorite podcast providers uh, of which we do want to welcome our newest uh, listeners that are tuning in from the dominican republic now yes
1: wonderful yeah that's great
0: that's that's great
1: great and also you know just to give a plug to fact tv here um now down in Keene, new hampshire yes starting and today is starting actually today, the today they're having their open house and and uh i think we've been on now for a while But the open houses today, and we want to thank uh, um, Fact TV for that and getting us uh, down a little further south in New Hampshire. So uh, praise God for that. We hope to see you next week on Hotline Ministry.